self-care is active and it is for your own well-being and happiness all of the time, not just when you're like about to jump out of a window. You have to have, I talked about this once before in a video, but self-care gives you the mind space to think and dream and be able to do better for your life. not have opinions. Just don't let perfection be the enemy of the good. Self-love is really about self-respect and acceptance. Welcome to The Whole View. I'm Stacey Toth of Real Everything. I'm here each week to dive deeper into how we can find happiness and health inside and out through self-love, body positivity, and discovering new ways to be our best selves. Before we get started, a reminder, this podcast is for general education purposes and is not intended to diagnose, advise, or treat any physical or mental illness. And hopefully you understand that we are coming at the perspective of people who want to help you feel good, not in a clinical sense, because today I have Kai Washington back on the podcast. Yay! And we're going to be talking about self-care rituals and aromatherapy. And Kai is actually a certified aromatherapist, and she's going to help us figure out how to calm ourselves through this holiday chaos and beyond. So welcome back, Kai. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be back and talk about this. When we did our Toxic Beauty Standards show, this was the original show that we're going to talk about, but I just felt, and you were like, yes, okay, let's do this. It's important to talk about some of the other things that we brought up sooner. And I think this topic is really great for this time of year because so many people get overwhelmed in the holiday season. And I know I've noticed that I'm taking less time for my own self-care. And that doesn't just mean personal care, everybody. We've had multiple shows here where we talk about self-care is beyond just skincare or massages or whatever it might be. But in this case, Kai, you have some fantastic self-care rituals that I find super soothing as someone who is really anti-meditation. I'm excited to explore how you bring that in a way that even I can get behind. So I think it will help some of our listeners. But first, if you're not already familiar with Kai, I actually was first introduced to you in the documentary that you were in. What It wasn't Toxic Beauty. What was the one that you were in? The documentary that I'm in is uh, they might be changing the title. So I'm just mm. going to say TBD. I actually just talked to the makers of the film yesterday because I'm working with them in a completely different capacity on something else. And it's almost finished though. And I was interviewed because of my hormone imbalances and PC PCOS journey, which led me to learning about more toxic beauty issues and converting to cleaner lifestyle. Okay. So the name of that documentary is still not finalized and it's not out yet. Is that correct? Yes. It's not out yet, but it's, I think it will be out like very soon. It looks like they're in the finishing stages. 
Awesome. Um, yeah. Listeners, I will definitely let you know when that is out because that was the first time, I think I did a screening years ago when they were in kind of their fundraising stage and you were in that, you came, I think, to the screening and we might have been like acquaintances in the same field, but I think that's when we started a personal connection. And now I'm thrilled to call you a friend. I just adore you. And the more I learn about you, the more time I spend with you, the more I appreciate your amazing energy. And yes, listeners, I, as a professional makeup artist, featured on screen, red carpets, bridal, you name it. Um, But she's also one of the few makeup artists dedicated to clean beauty. And because of that, we've worked together many times, (laughs) providing tutorials for you listeners for free. And if you'd like to watch any of those or hear any of them, just shoot me an email, stacey at realeverything.com, and I will be happy to send them your way. Some of the ones that... Kai has taught us was like an age rewind class, a cream makeup tutorial, celebrity secrets. That was a good one. Shaw techniques was like one of the first ones we did. It was awesome. How to get the perfect complexion, contour highlight, and modern beauty tips. And then one of my absolute favorites, and we're going to dive more into this today, was called How to Treat Yourself Skin Rituals for an At Home Spa Experience. And This has been an area I really wanted to explore more into and give you, Kai, a platform to talk about, not just from the perspective of like, here, do these things, but to explore more as it relates to your certification in aromatherapy, which I think is a great alignment to the clean beauty movement as we get away from fragrance and we work towards trying to find cleaner products that can perform in different ways. But I know we've talked about this before in our essential oil show 272. Today, we're going to take kind of a different aspect of aromatherapy and I'll revisit kind of highlights on essential oils. But before we jump into all of that, I know Kai, you just mentioned your story just at a very high level of why you're in the documentary, but can you tell us a little bit more about yourself? Absolutely. I am a makeup artist. That's what I've done for most of my life. And I'm still currently an artist and I love it. And I'm like diehard until my hand stops working. But I came to know all the things I know about clean beauty, about aromatherapy through my own personal journey and struggle. Like we were saying, the reason why I was in the documentary is because I had a traumatic experience where I had a miscarriage. I was pregnant with twins and I lost them like pretty late into my pregnancy and no one could seem to figure out like why it happened. They were like, oh, sometimes stuff happens. And I was a person who by the stand by the standards was considered healthy, which we all know is a bunch of crap. Like meaning like I was a certain size, I worked out all the time, I ate the things that they said I was supposed to eat, etc. And there was just the I just don't we just don't know. We're sorry it happened. And I couldn't get any answers that I needed answers. I went to a lot of doctors and then uh, and got nothing. And then I decided to take a holistic approach. And that approach actually led me to be tested and learned that I had PCOS and that I've had it for a very long time. And now 
now I'm at an advanced stage. There's actually four different types. PCOS is polycystic ovarian syndrome. For those of you listening who are like, what the heck are you talking about? It's a chronic illness and there are four different types and I have all four. So that heavily contributed to my extreme hormone imbalance and to what happened to me. And then going forward, once I had to mentally and physically heal and go forward, my symptoms became very apparent after that to me. And I needed to learn how to manage it. And not all of the, not that there's anything wrong with traditional medicine, but not all of the traditional medicine routes worked for me at all. And one of the things that happens to you because your hormones are imbalanced, if you, if you have anxiety and depression, please know that it's not something that's just in your head. It's an actual imbalance in your body. And that's one of the common symptoms of PCOS. And I became extremely depressed. I had lots of anxiety. And also, obviously, this is separate from the grief and all the other things that I was experiencing as well, in addition to like my other health issues. So some of some traditional things worked, and then some of them did not, and they went very bad for me. And that was in the anxiety and depression area. Being medicated was very traumatic for me. And I had like manic episodes and things like that. My hair fell out. It was a really bad time for me. But when I embraced some of the natural, everything changed. Like I was able to manage my anxiety, my depression, and other good things like my hair grew back, et cetera, et cetera. And once I started diving into that, I was like amazed and blown away by how natural things from the earth and simple things could like dramatically change me that way. And I became very curious about how things work. I'm not a person that just is I'm a Pisces, but I'm like not, but I'm a Taurus moon. You know what I'm saying? I'm not, I'm not, I'm not just to always go with the flow. I need to know why I'm a, I need to know why person. If you're into Enneagrams, this is why I get along with eights. We need to know why there's no, I'm a four, but like most of my good friends are eights. We need answers. And so I wanted to know like how what's happening, what's, what's working. I'm Jamaican and we've had a lot of ritual in our house that I just go off as old Jamaican things. And I really started to embrace all the herbalism and natural things that were already in my family. And then I decided to go to school for aromatherapy and get certified and make sure I was nationally accredited in case I ever wanted to practice as well. And so that's how my journey began by learning about all these things and then taking the ingredients and what I learned and putting them into ritual. So ritual And the practice of aromatherapy of using herbs and herbalism has become, has become my savior for when I'm anxious, when I'm depressed, or also just to maintain self-care, because I want to talk more about that as well, that self-care is not just something you do when you're like in a bad mood. It is something that you actively do so that you can live a better life. And so that's kind of how I got into it. And once I dug into ingredients and things like that, I took that into even the world of skincare makeup that I was already in and definitely into my personal self-care journey. Thank you for sharing. I know that a lot to process 
like to revisit for yourself over and over again. And you do it with such grace and humility. So I really appreciate your willingness to be open about your journey and the change that you made and how it's affected not just your life, but also all of your clients. So I think one of the most impactful things about your story is that while you lost the twins and that was a huge loss for you, like their memory lives on in the people's lives that you're changing and affecting and the people that you work with going forward and in sharing your story and in bringing this non-toxic, like calm energy, anxiety-free kind of approach to your business. I really, I appreciate your willingness to go there. And I want to just say, I'm sure on behalf of the listeners, thank you for that. And I think what's saying to me is this idea, and I remember reading this on your website early on that you say that you bring an anxiety-free atmosphere using calming techniques and aromatherapy to your professional makeup clients. You've worked with ABC, Disney, Starbucks, celebrities, people on TV, like all these kind of people. And you're not just bringing clean products to them, but you're also using techniques to reduce anxiety and bringing that energy forward. Gosh, I wish I could just gift your energy to everyone when we hang out. I'm just like, I feel good, Kai. Do you know that you do that to people that you're just like, yeah. That's awesome. It's such a positive thing. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Can you tell us more about that? Like specifically, how do you incorporate these elements into your life, your business, all these things, so that when we're having lunch together, I can just feel good. Kiddo also joined us one day for lunch, and I remember we were on our way home, and Kiddo was like, I really like her. And I was like, yeah, me too. It's just, they don't say that about a lot of people, by the way. So it's high praise from the teenager. Oh, that's so awesome. I really appreciate that. I freaking love teenagers and I'm teen Gen Z. So that's a whole nother thing. Fight me in the comments or whatever you, of this podcast, but I freaking love Gen Z people. They're so free and open and willing to like embrace everything, including things like self-care. So I would say that because of what happened to me and my story, Once I started moving forward in the previous podcast that we did, I did talk more about like my makeup story and how I switched to clean beauty and I switched my kit for my clients, et cetera. But once I started doing all of that, I did it with intention because I already had a thriving makeup business and actually doing this wasn't like, I did this at a time where it wasn't like popular or fad. So I was actually worried that this could affect my career. I worked so hard to get to the point that I'm at and could everything go up in smoke for doing this, but I knew it was the right thing to do. And so every single thing I do with products, with aromatherapy, with anything nature-based, I do with intention. And so not only using like essential oils and we'll talk about how to use those and use them safely so that you don't tick me off because uh, there's a lot of misuse going on out there products too i believe and if you if anyone's ever had a consult with me i do this with all of my clients celebrity or just someone that wants to buy a face cream all products because of what's in them have energy 
it's not just, is your skin dry? Is your skin oily? There's also what else is in there? Is that something that you need? Or maybe it's something that you don't need. And so sometimes when I do like reviews and stuff of products, I might even say, there's nothing wrong with this product, but the energy of this product just doesn't, it just didn't do anything for me. And then when I look up the ingredients, I'm like, okay, I'm the type of person who needs more balancing herbs. And if the, if it has too much of an energizing herb or only calming herbs, that's not for me. And you'll find this out when you start really taking your self-care and things like as ritual, you'll start feeling the energy of things, especially if you use clean products. And if you use good essential oils, you'll start to notice like what works and what doesn't. And if you don't, if you don't even know where to start, you can contact someone like me because I'm an aromatherapist and I've tried all the herbs and oils and everything. And they do have different feelings and they give off something different. When we say, I, I just want to add to that because I, it's a little, but there's also legitimate science to what you're saying in how our brain perceives aromas and scents. They say people who sell a home, they bake cookies because it makes people feel more at home when they're touring the house. It has the ability not just to affect, um, our nervous system and our amygdala, like that emotional center of the brain, but it can also be really nostalgic or different kinds of things. And I find for me personally, that my preference of certain products ebbs and flows, not just with winter and summer, but I do find that sometimes, for example, like I just really currently am in a phase where I'm like super leaning into the Lotus Glow Cleansing Balm, like I just, I want it all the time, not just for winter. And I think that there is something to like the energy of it, as you're calling it, right? Like the way that I feel when I use it feels right, right now. That's how I would call it (laughs) to feel a little less woo. You and I are like the yin and yang of this kind of stuff, right? Like we're both saying the same thing, but just in different ways. But I, it's interesting because I think when you were talking about like, you need certain things, I can think about times in which I need different things, like even as an individual being aware of, and obviously not just for like your personal care products, this would apply to so many different areas of your life in terms of like the people to be surrounded by the, and their energy and what you need and all that kind of stuff. So I just wanted to call that out because I think it's a really powerful thought that we could explore as its own show, I think. (laughs) Absolutely. My favorite thing, I used to be a trainer for Sephora. And my favorite thing that I learned from Sephora that I say all the time in my life, it's like a life lesson, not just a beauty lesson, is if you take something, I don't know if they still do this now, but like back in the day when I used to be a trainer for them, if you took something back to Sephora and you were like, you didn't like it, they would always say, oh, it just wasn't for you today. And then they take the product and they do whatever. And that is life, right? And skincare and self-care in life relationships. Sometimes it's just not for you that day. And, and then and maybe in two weeks, it might be for you. Maybe it'll never be for you again. And self-care is like that too. It's not, this, it's not always the same thing. Sometimes you'll start one place and then you'll find that 
you outgrow it or you come back to it. I'm doing that now actually with some of my movement things where I had left something and now I'm going back to it. So it's all ebb and flow. That's, and then that's actually in sync with life. Life, the only certain thing is that it changes. Absolutely. Okay, I'm going to do like a little science non-woo approach to aromatherapy and you feel free to interject and tell me your difference of opinion at any time because you are the expert and at the same time I do want to lay down a few things for people as we talk more about aromatherapy and you say things like energy and people's eyebrows go up. Wait, Stacy, this is a science show. Like it's it, yes. And it all comes together. I promise. So aromatherapy is simply the practice of using essential oils, which are plant extracts for therapeutic benefit. And that can be physical or emotional. Essential oils, if they're high quality, are made by steaming or pressing various parts of the plants like flowers, bark, leaves, or fruit to capture the compounds that produce fragrance. And oftentimes you need like pounds and pounds of something and that's why they're expensive. It's an expensive process to steam or extract something the right way. And then if you need a ton of it, think about rose and how much oil you would need to extract from rose to get just even a little bottle of oil. And so that can vary quality-wise based on where you're purchasing it, which I know we're going to talk about. And those oils, when you think about what they were doing for the plant, and I'll harken back to our vitamin E show with Dr. Tan, where he was talking about the function of vitamin E in the annatto or other plants was to be antioxidant. And when we see that on or in our body, it's performing a similar purpose for us. And so just jojoba or avocado oil, all these kinds of things, these other plant oils can have benefits for us as well. And aromatherapy has been used for centuries, for a really long time. You think about someone passes out and they use the smelling salt. That's aromatherapy, right, Kai? <laughs> that is 100% aromatherapy. You left me hanging there for a minute and I'm like, wait a minute, that's like real, like doctor grade science right there. Part of the reason that we talk about it from the perspective of being calming or anti-anxiety is because these scent modules and essential oils do penetrate, like I said, our olfactory nerves directly to the brain. And then they also impact our amygdala, the emotional center of our brain. And that's where you would see something like those cookies. Or if you have a particular dish that your grandmother always made, and when you smell something like that, it takes you back to her or, you know, whatever memory you have. Smells have a very strong impact to our emotional center of our brain. And so when we look at using essential oils therapy, um, they can be used on our skin. So for example, you might find a massage therapist will add a drop or two of something like wintergreen to help relax tight muscles into the oil that they're using. Or we often see, for example, lavender added to bath salts to create like a soothing, relaxing soak. Beyond that, we know that a lot of people have their own lived experience with essential oils. So you might hear someone in particular swear by something and then you try it, it doesn't work for you. That's their own 
lived experience. And not all of that can be validated specifically by science. Although we do know that there are multiple studies that have shown effectiveness in human health, although the science on that is woefully lacking because most studies are not funded by wanting to come up with more natural solutions. Most studies are done because they're checking the effectiveness of medicine or something like that. And you're not going to see very many studies that are going to compare medicine versus a natural solution. But there is a 2018 study that compared from John Hopkins that compared essential oils to antibiotics for Lyme bacteria, and the essential oils was actually more effective. And we also know that, for example, doTERRA's On Guard blend, which is like their winter defense blend, they make soaps with it and all kinds of stuff, has been shown to reduce viral load particles in the flu and other bacteria as well. So we know through science that these are validated, just not all of them are validated. And that's where I think it becomes a personal experience. And so anecdotally, we can say that many people find essential oils can help with conditions like anxiety, depression, nausea, insomnia, low appetite, dry mouth, headaches is very common as well. And I imagine that has a lot to do with stress, right? And so if we can calm our stress system, then we can improve the symptoms that are caused by it. And like I said, the quality of these varies so much. I'm looking forward to hearing your expertise on this because pure essential oils can be fantastic, but they can also be diluted with less expensive ingredients. And if someone is using fragrance on the label, like fragrance oil, then we have no idea what's in there because there's no regulation. The label doesn't have to even list everything that's on what you're buying, which is even more reason why it should never be ingested. Sometimes I read things like put two drops on your tongue and I'm just like, oh God, (laughs) do you know what's in there? Um, And so in the Johns Hopkins article that I was reading, they also advise against using essential oil diffusers, which on our essential oil show, we talked about some of the risk of that, especially as it related to pets. For example, citrus oils being diffused in your home if you have pets can be toxic. What's interesting in this Johns Hopkins article is they talked about... um, Inhalation, we know, increases absorption and uh, like up to over a hundred times if you're inhaling something. And diffusion of these essential oils can affect different people differently. For example, peppermint can be recommended for headaches, but they said if you diffuse it around a child who's less than 30 months old, the child can actually become agitated and it can have a negative effect on someone with an irregular heartbeat, especially if they have a fast heartbeat, it can actually react negatively to peppermint as well. So again, it's not necessarily all or nothing. Everybody has their own lived experience. I diffused um, on guard for years before I realized that it could negatively affect my pets because it had citrus in it. But if you want to use oils the safest way, that's why Kai is here. John Hopkins recommended accessories like necklaces, bracelets, keychains, or different things that you have around and you can sniff throughout the day or using it in something like a carrier oil like olive or jojoba or coconut oil that can be massaged into the skin. And that way you're not getting like the 
full potency of an essential oil. But just be mindful that if you're having a bad reaction, if you get something like red, itchy, rash or hives or anything like that, it's probably an allergic reaction and to discontinue use and seek medical care if necessary. And that would be more likely in things like oregano oil, which for a really long time, I remember it was like popular in the wellness community to put oregano oil straight on the back of your mouth if you were sick. And I'm curious if you have thoughts on that, Kai. Some of the other potentially irritating scents that might bother you, just to be aware of cinnamon, which I love, doesn't bother me at all. Jasmine, lemongrass, yangling, chamomile, and bergamot. Again, like bergamot's in a lot of my skincare products. I love it. It's in my hand lotion. But if it was potentially irritating to you, just be aware. Okay. That said, Kai, I would love to hear your perspective on all of that, as well as what oils you do love and how you find ones that are good, because you are here as the expert and I need guidance. Where, how do I even get started? Because I feel like there's so much, don't do this, don't do this, don't do this. Okay, but I want to relax and have anti-anxiety about it. I don't want to like, be super worried that I'm doing the wrong thing with the wrong product. Yeah, so there's lots of, there's differing opinions. And even though you can be certified and like nationally accredited in aromatherapy, it's still like clean beauty for most part, the wild west. So there's lots of different takes and things. So I'll tell you from my trainings and things that I had to go through as far as the rules, when you're dealing with essential oils, and then also my personal take from being a, a practitioner and from my own personal experience. So first, the I guess the biggest controversy would be the diffusing. Now, of course, if you have pets or young children, you should definitely decide if this is something that you want to do. If you don't have either of those and you want to try diffusing and see what how that affects you that's that's up to you right like it's it hasn't been like banned or anything like that I personally have a diffuser in I have a couple of diffusers in my house and I use them but I do use them how do I explain it large room and it's on the other side of my room so I am very aware of like how if you inhale directly in the face for some people that can that might not be the best way to go and for some people it's amazing so this is something that i do in my own house but i never if someone's coming to me professionally i do give them the different information and i always ask them like if they have pets and also if they have any health conditions for instance my one of my sister-in-laws has epilepsy there are certain things you cannot use, it could trigger something in them. And you would never want that to happen, right? To a loved one. So I always like to tell people that essential oils and herbs and things in general are medicine. It's just if you were getting, if you're getting medicine and traditional medicine, they're both medicine. So they're not to be taken lightly, but they can help you. 
I would say for me, the reason, main reason I explored this is because I feel like it's medicine you can use for a time in a season and then you're healed and you can move on versus sometimes with some traditional medicine, it's just something you have to take forever. It's just like a band-aid. And what I'm talking about specifically from my own experience of like anxiety and depression things, they were just like, just take these forever and good luck. And that is not how I wanted to live my life. And even if I wanted to, I didn't have that choice because I reacted badly. So the first thing is their medicine. The second is you want to look at how the oils are made and where they came from if you can't. This is very important for two reasons. One, for obviously your own safety. And the other, because sometimes, and there's no other way to say this, is that sometimes the oils are just overpriced. And there are certain oils, like Stacey was saying, that are really hard to get a certain amount into a bottle. And that's why they're expensive. For instance, jasmine. Not only does it take an enormous amount of jasmine to make a jasmine oil, but they literally have to wait till the jasmine flower opens in the middle of the night and extract the oil. Can you imagine being that person? It's extremely hard to get that. So if you see a jasmine oil and you're like, oh, well, that's more pricey, that, that's why it's pricey. But something like a citrus oil, any type of citrus oil, you could probably make them yourself. Like you could water skim the top. Like they're very easy to make. And if you see a citrus oil that's priced over 20 bucks, it's just the company. It up because they're extremely plentiful and very easy to make. And there's another... I love to Mm -hmm. to add it to my cleaning products because it's antibacterial. Mm -hmm. Though I have pets, I don't diffuse it, but I do add it to... I use Force of Nature. Do you know what that is? It's like you you make your own cleaning product at Mm -hmm. home using I love it. I use them too. Yeah, Yeah. I use them too. So I like to add citrus oils to the cleaning products to make them smell a little better, but also to add like even more benefit to it. And yeah, they're not the expensive oils. They, <laughs> those are just ones. Yes. And if you are seeing them there, they're expensive, then I'm raising eyebrows. In particular, there's a trend among essential oil companies where they're like, it's therapeutic grade. Listen, that's not a real thing. Okay. Therapeutic grade is that th- that's a made up term. That is not anything like if you ever decide to go to school for aromatherapy or look, just look into it. It's not a real thing. It's something that companies made up to to say that they're high quality, but there's no regulation on that term. That's just like the difference in like food industry. If somebody, if something says organic, instead of a hundred percent organic, it could just be like one tenth organic and they can put that on the label it's the same thing. So that means nothing. So don't pay $45 for a citrus oil because it says it's therapeutic grade. That's ridiculous. Um, Can we talk about this for a minute? I know I keep interrupting you. Oh, you're fine. In when I was researching for the show, I knew that Young Living had been sued a couple of years ago because Uh of the potential for their MLM business, which is a legitimate business, but they had been sued because it was proposed the person who 
suing them said that it was actually a pyramid scheme because consultants were forced to buy product and that you made more money off of bringing people onto your team than actually selling the product itself. That's the discriminating factor there for people who put all MLMs in the same bucket. They're not. And Young Living, for whatever reason, had been also brought up with FTC or SEC at the beginning of the pandemic, claiming that the oils could do things that it couldn't. But I was surprised. I had no idea that there's another suit for them where they had been told to remove the therapeutic grade level on their bottles. And they're saying, no, it that's what it is. We don't want to remove that. And I just was like, I don't understand the world that we live in where the, like the solution to the problems is just to sue people. It's just my general frustration with America thinking that fighting is the solution to everything. But it's interesting to me to look at that as a business model early on. I remember when I was like, okay, where am I going to get my oils? And a lot of people suggested Young Living. And I looked into it and I was like, I don't like that the model forces consultants to purchase things. I'm not comfortable with that. It didn't feel right to me. So I was like, I'm not going to use this brand. Um, But I was surprised to see that kind of therapeutic grade level was also controversial. And you're bringing it up now as something to avoid, which makes total sense because it is trying to make a medical claim on something that has not been medical evaluated. And what makes this therapeutic versus this other oil that was extracted the exact same way that supposedly isn't? Like they're claiming that theirs is something other than this other person's. And why is this one better? And it's not (laughs) the answer. It's just, yeah, it's just something, like I said, it's just how people found the loophole of being able to use the word organic and not disclosing that it's not 100%. And I'm not saying that they're trying to hide anything. I'm just saying that in general, not just them, but other brands that use it, it's just like their excuse for why it's more expensive. And The only excuse for why things are more expensive in the essential oil world is because of how they had to be processed. And if a company like Young Living or any other company is making orange oil, they're making it the same way. It's freaking oranges. Like not, I don't know, maybe they're flying them in, which is unnecessary. Maybe they're flying them in from Sri Lanka or something. I don't know, but it's not it's the same. And it's not of I'm saying to you that it's not what you should make your purchase based on just because it says that um definitely look for the quality like what farms do they use do they use organic plants and things like that if that's important to you that's important to me because i use essential oils on my body and i prefer them to be organic some it doesn't matter depending on if you're putting it in on a piece of jewelry to wear or in a diffuser or whatever like sometimes for some people that stuff doesn't matter but for me if I'm putting it on my body especially it has to be organic and so those are the things that I look for then those are more important than the labels and then this is my personal opinion from being a Jamaican girl growing up in a household full of plants and herbs and to this and growing into the clean space, if you will. My other thing that I'm going to be controversial for some, but I stand by is if there's a way to eat the plant, eat the plant. 
instead of putting the oil in your body. I stand by that 100%. And that is actually one of the reasons not to bash Young Living. I don't, but that's one of the reasons why I don't buy oils from them because I've had people reach out to me, especially because for a while I had listed on my social media and stuff that I was an aromatherapist and they're trying to get me to join and all of that. But their message, when I look at stuff, they'd be like, oh, I eat this every day. I just drop these into my mouth and blah, 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 blah. And it's like a very common thing that they, that a lot of companies that use the term therapeutic great push, that you can just eat the oils. I do not recommend that as an aromatherapist at all. 100% absolutely no, unless it is made to be eaten, if that makes sense. If it's, it was made a different way to be eaten or consumed. For me, I'm not going to put lavender essential oil in my mouth. I drink, I'll drink a lavender tea with organic lavender. It has a different effect on the body and it could be very harmful if you don't do them correctly. For instance, what is it like a thousand lemons in one ounce of, of lemon essential oil? So if you can think of that drop is probably, what is it, like 100 lemons or 10 lemons, even if it was 10 lemons, that's a lot of freaking lemons. So you don't want to just take those drops lightly. It's a very concentrated, that's why I said it's like medicine, it's very concentrated. And you can get, if you need effects on the outside of your body, or if you need to breathe in something, that's what you, I'm using essential oils for. But if I need something internally, I'm eating it. And if I can't eat it safely, then I don't recommend it. If you are wanting to give the gift of safer self-care, you still have time. Use code SHIPFAST for free expedited shipping and choose me at beautycounter.com slash Toth. Or if you're listening to this a bit later, check out the winter sale for the steepest savings of the year. And new clients, 20% off for site-wide with code CLEANFORALL20. Just choose me, Stacy Toth, so I can thank you and send happy mail. This supports my woman-owned small business, and you're voting with your wallet to choose a certified B Corp whose mission is to get safer products into the hands of everyone through health protective laws. Go to beautycounter.com slash Toth, just like any other website, and choose me, S-T-A-C-Y-T-O-T-H. If you need help navigating your own unique skid needs or looking for the best deal, drop me a note at stacy at realeverything.com. This podcast is sponsored by Felix Gray. Why them specifically? Because their research-backed blue light glasses effectively filter up to 15 times more of the most impactful blue light than any other clear lenses. I love my clear frame panorama lenses for every day. In fact, I actually have three pair by Felix Gray that have held up for years. I don't need a prescription, though you can get Felix Gray with or without custom lenses. And I strongly believe that wearing these has helped maintain my eye health, preventing the need for prescription glasses into my 40s. If you're listening to this podcast, you're exposed to blue light. We actually did a deep dive in episode 302, and there is a ton of science about how disruptive and harmful the light emitted from electronic devices are for our eyes and overall health, especially at night when it can lower the production of melatonin, the hormone that regulates sleep. 
If you have headaches, eye strain, blurry vision, dry, tired eyes, trouble sleeping, these are all common symptoms that 9 out of 10 customers experience relief from when trying Felix Grey glasses. And I am definitely one of them. You can protect yourself and make an amazing fashion statement. To get the best blue light glasses on the market, use my URL, felixgrayglasses.com slash whole view. Non-prescription and prescription are available, and you can check them out now at F-E-L-I-X-G-R-A-Y glasses.com slash whole view. With free shipping, free returns, and free exchanges, check out felixgrayglasses.com slash whole view. I love that. And it makes so much sense in so many ways. And of course, we're like mind melding. You're agreeing with all this stuff. I'm like, yay. (laughs) Not surprised because I adore you. I'm glad we're on the same page. Some of the other things I'm curious to have your opinion on when looking at purchasing essential oils. So one of the things that I read said it should include the Latin name of the plant on the label as well as purity information and the country in which the plant was grown. Do you have experience with why any of this matters or what specifically we should be looking for at those labels? So it is very helpful to have this if you're going to take a deep dive into the plants because just just like plants in nature, like plants have different properties and they do different things. So for instance, there's different types of lavender, right? There's some lavender that's really good for calming. It's really good to put in maybe your bath and things like that. And then another lavender that's a a different Latin name that's extremely like astringent and more used for like cuts, scrapes, bruises, like that kind of stuff it's not going to have the same effect. If you use that lavender and you're like, I don't feel calm at all. And it's, and I might, you might feel slightly irritated or something because it's very astringent. It has a completely different property. Think of the citrus family for some people like limes and lemons are enjoyable versus an orange but they're different, right? So if you hate lime, <laughs> your all citrus is not going to be the same for you, right? You might need a different type of citrus. So think of it in that, those type of terms. But the the Latin name is on there so that you know where it came from. And usually, if you look up the Latin name, it'll you'll be able to see what kind of oil it is. Like, what is it used for? Because there's different. It's there's especially with like florals, there's like a lot of different properties of different types of flowers in the same family. Makes total sense. And uh, it's interesting. Sometimes I like lavender and sometimes I don't. And now I'm like, I wonder if it's because it's those different plants. Hadn't even occurred to me. The other thing just to be mindful is make sure that it's in a dark colored glass. Like any oil that you're buying, it can oxidize if it's in a clear glass and you want to make sure that you're storing it somewhere that doesn't have huge variations in temperatures and all that kind of stuff. If ever you find an oil has gone cloudy or changed colors or smells funky or like anything like that, 
it's been oxidized and it's no longer going to give you the benefits that you're looking for it. Unfortunately, it's time to throw it out. So anything else you want to say on that before we move on to some of the other things? I feel like we we did our extensive <laughs> coverage of essential oils there. No, I think that's a good start for people who are thinking about diving into that, like the basic rules there. Yeah, yeah. So the reason I bring that up is because you talked about your certification in aromatherapy, but I also know that you have amazing rituals and a lot of them revolve around, like I said, these scents or the energy that can come from products that you use in these rituals or self-care. And I would love to have you talk about how someone can integrate this into their own either preventative or even defense, right? I'm going to call it offense or defense self-care. As you said, if we're only doing defense self-care, if we're only doing these things when we already feel burned out and overwhelmed and whatever, it's obviously not going to have the same impact for us health-wise as if we're practicing these things all the time. I have done a show talking about the habits of self-care and I think creating rituals around this that you're practicing regularly, whatever that might look like for someone can have huge health benefits. I agree. Okay. So let's first talk about, we're talking about self-care here and we're also adding in the practices practices with aromatherapy. And I wanted to just first do a definition, two definitions that I found of self-care that I think will help us go into this that I thought were great. The first one was self-care is the practice of taking an active role in protecting one's own well-being and happiness. I love it. I love that one. And I also love self-care is the practice of individuals actively looking after their own health, using the knowledge and information of, and resources available to them. And I wanted to definitely go into those first because self-care is active and it is for your own well-being and happiness all of the time, not just when you're like about to jump out of a window. You have to have, I talked about this once before in a video, but self-care gives you the mind space to think and dream and be able to do better for your life. If you don't have any space because you're always in a state of stress, you cannot improve your life because the only way to do that is to be creative enough, to have enough space to be creative, to think of how can I improve my life? So let's talk about, so I wanted to say that first, and then we want to go into rituals. So how can you integrate rituals into your self-care? Here's some of my thoughts about this. The first thing sounds cheesy, but it's the biggest. Find something you freaking like that brings you pleasure. 
I like to have something that improves a part of my health, like something that helps with my health and something that improves my peace of mind. And then once you find what you like, make it a priority, like no exceptions. Like when you wake up and you brush your teeth, put it in your calendar. And what I mean by that is, like I said, find something that you actually like that brings you pleasure. One of my self-care rituals, I'll tell you too, just to explain what I mean by something you like. So if you follow me on social media or if you've taken a class with Stacey and I, you guys know that I am a hardcore mask Monday girl. It's my jam. My husband knows I have a, it's at, I have a time at eight o'clock, unless I'm teaching a class, I will be going into the bathroom. I will be shutting the door. I will be drawing a luxurious bath, putting on a face mask, and I will be listening to music loudly, minding my business. I may or may not have a glass of wine, and it is my time every week. Every week, I look forward to it. Like the weekend, I'm like, oh my gosh, it's almost Mask Monday. It's almost Mask Monday. It's almost Mask Monday. And it makes me so freaking happy, and nobody bothers me. Because I've already, and that's going into the next part, which I guess I'll just say it now. The next part of this was ask for help. Tell your partner, tell your friends, et cetera, et cetera. This is what I need from you. Especially if you have kids and things like that, like it might be harder for you to do this, but I'm telling you, if you ask for help and get the help, it gives you that space. You just have that space. And I know that self-care has been a lot of times people have, I don't know, it's been commercialized. So you feel like you have to be doing certain things or I need to write out how to improve my life. No, that is not what self-care is. Self-care is a freaking break. You need to take a freaking break and you can use your aromatherapy tools to make your break better, but it's a freaking break. Okay. So that brings not going to the grocery store alone. Exactly. That that is a job that you're doing. That is a task that you're doing. And while it can be refreshing that you're doing it alone, that's not (laughs) self-care. 100% is not self-care. And this is something that you like, right? So everybody is going to be different. Now, the other thing that I love that Stacey knows that I find great joy in is my doing my evening skincare routine and doing a a gua sha. Now, for some people, they're like, that sounds awful. I don't want to go through all the steps that I don't want to do. So that's, like I said, it's something you like. For me, it's absolute freaking bliss. It's another time that I get to treat myself. So those are going to be, so you want to find something you like that brings you pleasure. That is the key. Going to the grocery store, unless you're a weirdo, no offense to you guys out there, is not pleasurable, okay? Something that brings you pleasure. And then I like- lights and like that terrible music selection that we sadly, as we get older, can identify with. Like even, I like grocery shopping, but there is no way fluorescent lighting can be pleasurable for anybody. No, for no one. Absolutely not. (laughs) So, So you find the thing that brings you pleasure. And then I like to have something that is, that I feel like helps with my peace of mind. My bath is 100% peace of mind, but for me, it also improves my health. So you can have two separate things. 
a health thing and a peace of mind thing, or they can be combined. So for me, because I have PCOS, one of the big things for me is making sure that I get enough minerals back in my body. I have an issue with that. And magnesium is one of the big ones. And I already take a bunch of supplements. So my way of getting my magnesium is through my bath. It absorbs through my skin. I make sure I use really great quality salt. That's my, my thing. And that's how I get my magnesium back into my body. And also that is my other way of being like, leave me alone. You're depriving me of my magnesium right now. If you bother me while I'm in the bathtub. So mine's combined. I also really love yoga. I mean, I've been an avid devotee for many years, but if you freaking hate yoga or you hate baths, that's fine. You can do something else, but something that is pleasurable is very important. And then you can do things like add a few drops of good quality lavender to the bath or something like that. Also, aromatherapy is not limited to essential oils. You can do an herbal pot on your, on your kitchen, uh, in your kitchen. I do that all the time where you can throw cinnamon and cloves and all kinds of stuff and just like slow cook it on the stove or in your crock pot or whatever. It makes your house smell amazing. You can use cleanly rolled herbal incense, which are not easy to find. But if you have questions, hit me up on Instagram because you don't want to, that's a whole nother thing with air quality. We want to talk about that. But if you're in the bath and you want to have something nice, that's something that you can do, but find something that you like. Okay. And then put it on your calendar. If I hear so many people the other day, I was talking to a friend and she was like, it's so nice how you and your husband have date night every single week. I try, but I just can't seem to get around to us doing it. And I'm like, you didn't put it on the calendar. Like it's on the calendar Friday at eight, just like mask Mondays on my calendar, Monday at eight. There's a theme, I guess, eight o'clock. I don't know what that's about, but you have to make, you have to do it because if you don't, then you're only going to reach for things when you're about to blow up and you need to have something so that you're always in a place of being happy and willing to grow because you have that space. And again, the last thing I wish we already just talked about not to repeat is you have to ask for help. So when you're planning the ritual and I have other thoughts after this, but you have to ask your husband, your partner, your whoever, if you have kids, especially I need this time or just tell them I don't have children, but I have a husband and I'm like, this is my time and I need this time. And it's important for me. And he leaves me alone. It also helps that during football season, he doesn't care to to bother me (laughs) during uh, on Monday night, but that's really important. So that's what I would start with before we get into like tips and stuff. Yeah. I think Mm -hmm. it's funny when you were talking, I was thinking, I just watched a bad mom's Christmas and there's a line in there where they say something like, what do we do when we feel overwhelmed or something? And Kristen Bell's character says, hide in the bathroom. <laughs> I think that's me. That's, that's <laughs> when it gets too far, right? When I find myself like hiding in the bathroom or taking way longer than I need to for my shower or whatever. That's my safe space. That's my no one can get me in here space. And I would say, if you find yourself doing those kinds of things, that's your brain trying to create some self-care, some set-aside time for you. I'm sure most people know, like, when you're in a shower, that's often when you 
remember things or that you've been trying to remember or that you you come up with a really creative idea or whatever it might be. Like the shower is a place where you have no distractions, where you don't have your phone, nobody's bothering you. Hopefully your kids are (laughs) respecting a closed door. And so this idea of using the bathroom as a place for self-care whether it's Mask Monday or, oh gosh, I love taking baths as well, what, whatever that space is. I think that's often why people think of those kinds of activities as self-care, because you are creating the set-aside time for yourself to shut down everything else that's a requirement in your life, in your brains, of all the people who need you. And yeah, sometimes people will say, but I can't do that. I feel guilty about that. Or I don't have a partner or my partner doesn't, isn't willing to support these things. And I think it's valid. I hear what you're saying. That sucks for you. And I think it's time to have important conversations with the people in your life, with your children. Even toddlers can understand saying, hey, when I go into the bathroom, I'm going to go into the bathroom and I'm going to set this timer for 20 minutes. And if you need anything in this time, daddy or whoever is who you go to for this. I remember telling my toddlers that. And sometimes they'd still come to the door because they're just curious what you're doing. But in general, I think it's just essential to create some of those boundaries for yourself. And boundaries are a way to practice self-care. Another self-care practice that I have begun this year that I highly recommend is reading. Reading has become a way for my brain to have a really positive escape place. And I haven't been able to read in years because my children were so small and I just felt like I didn't have the time. And I really regret not making that time for myself sooner. And maybe it's a weekly Monday at eight bath and you join the naughty book club from our Patreon. If you want to have thing to read, or you do a book club with your neighborhood, our neighborhood has a book club, or you just go to the library and ask them what's the top rom-com that you can escape to a happy place with, whatever it is. Like I just self-care can be different things and it can be going for a drive. If you love driving and listening to the music that you love, it can be, having a dance party in your bedroom naked with nobody around and just like listening to loud music and dancing like nobody's watching. All of these kinds of things are self-care. I think what I love, Kai, about how you bring self-care rituals to your practice is that you incorporate so many of these things. Like you said, you you're thinking of your health when you have a bath. Not only are you adding minerals, but if your bath is hot, then you're probably like the steam is creating sweat and you're detoxing out of your pores while you absorb minerals. There's so many benefits to that. And you're doing aromatherapy with it, calming your system. You're doing all these things for you. So you're listening to music, you're having fun, right? Like you're building in all of these ways to practice self-care that make a difference in your mental and physical health. And the other thing that you do when you do your nighttime skincare routine and you do your mask Mondays, so one of my favorite things that you do is you start with like mantras or meditative sayings to get your mindset right, to to tell your brain, hey, I'm carving out the space for myself right now and to put you in a place where 
you know, that time can be super positive. And I was wondering if you would be willing to share with our listeners some of like your favorite mantras or meditative sayings that kind of kick off when you have these practices. Cause these are the things that normally I get super about I'm just like that sounds ridiculous like it sounds hokey it sounds woo woo or whatever but there's something about when I hear you start these things when we're doing sessions or whatever that I'm like yeah I needed that yeah absolutely okay so yes there's a split with mantras like some people are like oh my god shoot me like I don't want to do any type of mantra or anything like that but All you're doing when you say a mantra and you can do your, and this is the great thing. You can make up your own mantra. Like it doesn't have to be like that. You're quoting like Rumi and Nietzsche and all of this. Like you can make up your own mantras. They're just preparation for what's to come. It just sets you in the mood. It's just like if anybody meditates or anything like that, the first thing that they tell you is to take a few deep breaths. The breath lets you know that something is shifting. And a mantra is the exact same thing. Mantras and mirroring have been so powerful for me. If you don't want to know what mirroring is, it's basically when you look at yourself in the mirror at the beginning of the day, not when you're all glammed up or whatever, but when you go in and brush your teeth and you say things to yourself repeatedly in the mirror. I have mine on my mirror. I have like little sticky notes on my mirror and they help reaffirm me or For some people, they say they fake it till they make it. And so when you are about to do a ritual or heck, even if you're in a really bad spot, I learned this from my girlfriend who's a breath work person. You can use a mantra to get your life together real quick. They're really easy ones that you can do. One of my favorites is when I'm about to do like a skincare routine or anything like that is... I deserve to take care of myself. You can say it a couple of times. I deserve to take care of myself. I get to spend this time with myself. If you need affirming ones, I'll tell you what's on my, like I'm going to give you guys all the tea right now. I'll tell you what's on my mirror because I've kind of memorized it. I have different sticky notes, but they say, I am beautiful. I deserve everything good. I am a goddess. I deserve to take care of myself. Any little thing that hits you is what you want to do. I even sometimes, I used to say this to myself, now it's automatic, but I always prepare myself for the end of the night. So even that's a ritual for me now. So when the sun goes down, let's say around 7 30, 8 o'clock, even if it's not a mass Monday or anything, I switch my lights. I bought the cool lights that are like battery like you, that you can use the remote for, and I can change them to rose-colored lights. So my room is now rose-colored at that point. I change into I change into my pajamas. I do all this stuff, even though I know I'm probably not gonna go to bed for a few hours, it prepares me. But to get into that ritual. I had to start talking to myself. So I used to be like, girl, it's dark. 
get dark in the room. It was a silly mantra, but it just reminded me to be like, okay, dim the lights, get yourself ready. And I feel like I now slip into sleep a lot better and I sleep better because I told my mind is prepared. Like I'm not just, my mind's not just racing. And then I just like half out, which is what I used to do before. So mantras are so important, but I deserve mantras are my favorite because most of us don't think that we deserve anything for some reason. It's especially women and femmes. Like we're never in the, I deserve and we do. I love it. I like I said, I have a difficult time. I don't know. I think also it feels a little like toxic positivity sometime to me, but the idea of saying like, I deserve to take care of myself, or even I get to take this time with myself, especially if you're having struggle with, and I hear from people a lot that feel guilty about taking the time. If your brain is already in that talk track, you have to reframe to truly let your guard down and enjoy that time and let it be restorative. Because if when you go to do whatever the self-care practice is, whether it's going for a walk or going to yoga or taking a bath or doing your skincare gua sha, like whatever it is, if during that time, you feel guilty, you are not getting the restorative health benefits of that preventative and supportive self-care because you're filled with anxiousness and stress about what you should be doing something else or whatever. And we all know the SH word is like a four-letter word to me. Speaking of the should word or four-letter words and people not allowing themselves to enjoy these rituals and self-care. Do you have any kind of mistakes that you see people consistently make either with the products that they're using? Like we talked a lot about essential oils, other ideas or things that come up for you or just in general with their mindset about it. Yeah. So I think that most people either most people aren't are thinking overthinking self-care or they're just underthinking it added an extra pump of vanilla hashtag self-care like at starbucks now but then also some people it's a source of anxiety and so i would just say it's you don't have to do something elaborate and i want to say this to all the people listening that you could meditate you could take a bath you could do all that stuff, but you could also twerk for 10 minutes every day, listen to trap music on the way to your, or whatever you listen to on the way to work. That could be a form of self-care too. It's something that is pleasurable and then it's not tied into something else. Also, I feel like I'm going to start the hashtag no self-help books or something like that, because I've been deeply steeped in self-help books. And I had enough last year. I was like, why, why do I always need all the help? Why are all of us women and femmes out here trying to self-help? And I was like, I'm done. And I only read trash novels right now and I'm loving it. But my point is that not that you shouldn't read self-help if you love that, but that might not be self-care. It's something you do for pleasure especially if it's just making you feel inadequate or like you yes. should be doing something else or what's wrong with me? Why can't I accomplish these things? I totally had some of that with self-help books and I was super anti-self-help for 15 years because of it. And the first self-help book that I ever read that I loved 
that actually helped me become a better person was Alice of the Heart by Brene Brown. And when I read that, I was like, it was like, this is the kind of self-help that I can get behind where it's, there's no judgment. There's no, like you do it right or wrong. It's simply like, these are emotions and these understanding your own and other people's emotions make you a better person, right? Like the more you understand other people's emotions, the better person you become. And so that was a game changer for me. And I told myself, okay, I'm going to read two books a month. I'm going to read, as you call it a trash novel, but I refuse to let anyone think that whatever they're reading is trash. Because even if you are reading like the raunchiest of the raunchy books, you are still reading. It is so impactful to your health, to your brain health. Like when we look at things like Alzheimer's and dementia and all these kinds of things, people who read have incredibly like reduced rates on all that stuff. So let me just tell you, no matter what you're reading or enjoying, my grandfather lived to be almost a hundred years old and he read the newspaper every single day. He got out of magnifying glasses. He got older. <laughs> like he, he read the paper every day. And whether you're reading the paper or you're reading rom-com or whatever it is you're reading, Kai, I don't know what you think is trash, but I refuse to accept that. And I'm going to send you an invitation to our naughty book club later. I think that's such a positive thing. So I'm not going to, I'm not going to let you say it's trash. I love that. I'm going to, I'm not going to call it that anymore. So I, I'll, I'll be reading pleasurable books and, yeah. and I do read revolutionary books, which we'll talk a little bit more on, on Patreon, but I, yeah, I'm not, you don't tell me that. And so I think when people are thinking about this and they're overwhelmed or mistakes that they make, I'm going to give you some really easy tips if you're just trying to get started so that you can figure out, okay, what's right for me. That's the one thing we already talked about, something you actually like. If you love running, that sounds like a nightmare to me, but if you love to run and that literally gives you the most pleasure, that could be your self-care. You know what I mean? And it also, for some people, will improve their health. It wouldn't improve my health. I have PCOS. I'd probably just pass out. But so here's my top thing. I learned this a long time ago in a class and this helped me so much. If you're looking to start integrating aromatherapy and self-care as a ritual or habit, pick a one a day, one a week, and one a month strategy. This really helped me. One super simple thing, and it could be the simplest thing that you could do every single day. One more special thing that you can do once a week, and then something super deserving for yourself once a month. And it doesn't have to cost money or anything like that. Here are some examples. Here are my one-a-days. My one-a-day, every day I wake up in the morning, I brew some tea. And if it's nice outside, I go sit on my balcony by myself or my patio by myself. And I just sit out there and enjoy the birds, wild squirrels, whatever's hopping around. And I have that time to myself every day, just me by myself. If it's cold, which it is now, my new favorite thing is I listen to a record because I got a record player and I spin some vinyl and I listen and I drink my tea and it's just that time for me. That doesn't take that long. It's not super expensive, but I'm starting my day with something pleasurable. That's what self-care moments of pleasure. 
one a week. You guys already know math Monday is my one a week. Like I'm looking forward to it every Monday. That's what I do for myself. Also, I work out. I like to work out, but that's not for you. But I go to like yoga classes and things like that with my friends. So I have friends that live near me that also counts for me as self-care. The condition is if I go and I have to suffer through a Pilates class, then my friend has to go to Starbucks or something with me after so that I can have something pleasurable after that horrible experience. But, I, but yoga is always pleasurable, but Pilates is hell. And then there's once a month. Once a month is you can take a class that you've been really wanting to take, or you can go to a little town that you've always wanted to go to, maybe for a little one day trip, like anything like that. Mine this past month, I already did mine, was I really wanted to go to this class where you, you did yoga to move the energy through your body. Then you meditated and at the end you journal and see what comes out. And I was really excited about that. So I took that class and it was amazing. So if you can think of one little thing a day, one slightly larger thing a week, and then one a month, that's going to really help you and know that you can change them. Just like we were talking about with skincare, sometimes you might be in the mood to do something super calming. And then sometimes you might need something more energizing. So I've been doing a lot of yoga and stuff this year. And on Sunday, I was like, I need to twerk. So I went to a dance class and so I could shake my butt and it was amazing. And I had the best time. I always tell people dance is my church anyway. So you can change things up. Sometimes things are not, sometimes things will serve you for a season and then you need something else and that's okay. And it's, and you can change it. And remember, the most important thing is remember that self-care is about pleasure. It's about freedom and it's about love and celebration of yourself. If you do not feel any of these feelings, then that ritual is not for you. I was writing down what you're saying because I was like, so into it. I love this concept of once a day, once a week, once a month also, because it helps create sustainable habits, right? If we try to do too much all at once, it's not sustainable. And then we don't actually create the habits and it's giving you the flexibility of any time once a week. So if you miss mask Monday, like you still have all the rest of the week to get that mask that time in, and you have the flexibility of bringing something new once a month. And as you were talking, I was like, that is something that I do. Like I haven't defined it the way that you've defined it, but I I try to always do something on a weekend that because Matt works on the weekends. I always work on the weekends, but it's also when the kids have off. And so I try to always do something with them that feels very special. And that's super rewarding and pleasurable for me to spend that time with the kids. I know it's shocking. Why would I want to spend time with stinky teenagers with bad attitudes? But I love those kids and I want that one-on-one time with them. So for me, whether it's going antiquing with them or whether it's taking them out to lunch or taking the dogs to the dog park all together as a family or whatever it is, I try to do something once a week with the kids. So I love everything that you've shared. And really, I was like, oh, I think this is just going to be like a short little show. We're going to talk about self-care. Listeners, if you've made it to this far in the show, I think you're going to love our Patreon because Kai already has notes for herself on what what raunchy stuff she wants to discuss over on our adult-only Patreon. (laughs) So we'll be sharing more about what we really thought and 
Kai is going to be going for it at patreon.com slash the whole view, which is also where you can join our naughty book club. It's only $1 a month. So if you're thinking that you want to incorporate some pleasurable reading, once a month, we choose a pleasurable book and we read it together. You can do that again at patreon.com slash the whole view. If you love the show that we create and produce ourselves, first of all, thank you. And the Patreon is a great way to support it. You can also leave a review and hit follow or subscribe in whatever app you're using so that others can find us as well. And if you'd like to follow up with Kai, please do. You can Find her at moderngreengoddess.com or on Instagram at moderngreengoddess. Of course, we'll put links in the show notes. I also have references in the show notes, sources to a lot of the things that we talked about, the scientific studies, as well as all the different things. And otherwise, I just want to thank you for tuning in today. We appreciate your willingness to be open to growth through your own personal change. I know for me, part of incorporating some of the stuff was difficult in terms of carving out time for myself or not feeling guilt around it and all of this kind of stuff. So we recognize that you listening and you making these efforts are something to be proud of yourself for the change and the incorporation that you're doing into your life. This is just as important to your health and well-being as being selective about what foods you eat or what ingredients you put on your body. Like all of these things lead to improved health. As you've heard Kai talk about a testament to her own well-being and the changes that she made. So know that no one is perfect, myself and I've heard Kai say before that she skipped some of her her skincare, so Kai's not perfect either, (laughs) but in listening, learning, and unlearning, we can become better versions of ourselves. So thank you for being here, and I will be back again next week. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.